All right, let's, uh, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, guys been looking through your mirrors this week? Making some changes? Making some changes. Some, some of y'all lying. I see, I see the same person. I'm playing. I just, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Looking, looking in the mirrors. All right, so we, we're, we're, we're going to really, really, because uh, I see God making a shift. Even from this morning in Bible study fellowship, I see God shifting some things. So even Sunday, we're going to shift uh, what we're talking about. No, I got to send the, the graphics to Minister James, but we're going to shift uh, we're going to interrupt our regularly scheduled uh, teaching for Sunday, and we have something else, all right? But today, uh, we're going to talk about God's masterpiece, but we're going to uh, shift a little bit. And I do want to, something I think is powerful. Last week, uh, we heard some from a couple of people last week. Uh, oh, oh, we uh, utilized uh, Venetia's. Uh, masterpiece, we'll call it her masterpiece that she put together, her her uh, bouquet of roses. And she was just uh, sharing with us how uh, it started out as a hot mess, sort of like some of our lives, right? And and so Kalina was off to the side, and every time uh, she did something, she says, well, add this, do that, tweak this, do that. But but uh, Felicia never panicked. I mean, uh, 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 Kalina never panicked. She said, I just do this. The whole time, Kalina's working on her masterpiece, but actually giving her what she needs to do, what strokes and things she needs to do uh, to finish her masterpiece. And you saw the artwork uh, actually was a good job that uh, Kalina and God did. Venetia had nothing to do with it. So you said, yeah, y'all thought I was joking when I said that. Yeah. Yeah, her job was to yield, to be a vessel. So she don't need to get no credit. All she needs to go is thank God and Kalina for using me <laughs> to produce this, right? You got that? Uh, we know that's not how she does things and that's not how she did it. Look at me, look what I did. But we understand, you know, she was just excited that that came through her vessel, right? Right, so we, so we had that from last week. Uh, I have Mark 835 here, so I guess I'll look at that later. Um, and... Uh, Minister James talked about to live in Christ, to live in Christ, living in Christ is to, and to die is gain. He must have used that scripture, right? Yes, last week. And then we learned from Yaz that we need to what? We need to glow up, right? We all need to glow up. That's, that's going to be fitting for Sunday, but, but we all need to glow up, right? Right? That was a very interesting Makes me think about something else I need to do so we can remember that. So we all need to glow up. Ain't that right, Gerard? Okay, good, right? What does that mean? Just think about it. Just think about it, mar marinate on it. All right, and then uh, Gerard came up, and uh, now, now he didn't say these exact words, but this is what I got out of what he said. Do you want lashes or splashes? Right? Right, so he was talking about how you know, you know, if you're not obedient, you can end up with lashes, <laughs> right? If you're not doing what you're supposed to do, right? So, um, and and so so, 
you know, as he was talking, I was thinking about that you get, you end up with lashes when you have zeal, when you get out ahead, when you're not doing all the things that God wants you to do, right? And when you're not operating in the patience and accountability and the, and the responsibility. And so I was thinking through this uh, because uh, I, I forgot to uh, get into details, but coming up, we're going to do a few parent, uh, uh, I guess, installment seminars, something just to, just to kind of offer some assistance and some wisdom and just serve some, some guidance. Cause there's, there's things that, that, that God has established. And some of us have established that, that we could take for granted. We wouldn't even, and then some of us have this a philosophy. How many have you found yourself possibly saying this or even said it, say it now? Uh, these my kids. Can't nobody tell me how to raise my kids. Let me get a show of hands here. Show of hands. At least Gerard's honest enough to put his hand up. Stella halfway. I notice like when it's something special, you got y'all do this. Where y'all kind of did like a, you know, almost like we was doing some type of robot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, but but you know, and, and the interesting thing is because you were the vessel to birth the child doesn't mean you you're equipped with the excellence to raise the child. Right? So you got to go pick up the breadcrumbs and everything you need to, you got to utilize the body to make sure that happens, right? And so, so that's why we want to offer some things where that is concerned. And I had a great conversation with a parent this week. And I was, I was sharing, like, <coughs> the big picture. So I was sharing some things that we're offering going forward because the difference between some, some, some people growing and, and our responsibility as pastors, we can't afford not to be mindful. So, so, so Stella, I can't not be mindful of you. Now, you can ignore me or forget about me or might pray for me, might not. You know, I'm, I'm not saying, I, I, don't, I don't know what Stella does on a daily basis. But listen, this might sound kind of overconfident here. But I can guarantee you I pray for you guys more than you pray for me. I can guarantee that. Now, some of you are like, you don't know. I just, I can guarantee. How can you guarantee? Because people are known by their fruit. You come to the doctor, we can see the symptoms. So I can guarantee, and I'm, I'm, I, it's, I was designed to be mindful of you. Right? You, you could decide whether or not you want to be mindful of me. Actually, everybody here hasn't done everything that, that I've asked. Some people have kind of, uh, been disrespectful, irreverent, sown discord, and guess what? Still praying for them. There's people ain't even here I pray for. Right? You see, you see the difference? Because I'm, a, I'm, I'm built different. So I was talking about, I was talking to one parent, I was talking, I was talking about Jakir. I was talking about him last week, but I was talking about him earlier this week. Jakir ain't called me. He ain't called me. He ain't sat nothing, nothing down. He ain't sent me no texts. But I'm mindful of him because it's because we're responsible for everybody. We're responsible for her, Jamie, to get where she needs to go. Mm-hmm. See, before I said Jamie, some of y'all want to think about Jamie. No. Not because you're evil. I'm just, look, come on, y'all. Just work with me here. 
What I'm trying to tell you, that's how detailed it is. So when we say something, it's not a reflex. We're out ahead. When we request something, we're considering the whole picture, not just the circumstance. Okay, so, all right, so stay with me because we're talking about God's pieces. And remember, we're talking about the details, right? Remember, we were talking about the details, right? All right, so, so, um, I might save that for Sunday. Let me just make sure. All right, I'll, I'll just say this. So, so, so to, to, to get this masterpiece out is going to take a lot of patience. It takes some accountability and responsibility. Now, when does that accountability and start, responsibility start? Now, interesting enough, it's, it's more focused at the age of 12, between 11 and 13. That's, that's when it gets more intentional. You can't just play around, right? But it really starts at her age, right? It starts at her age. Like, uh, uh, or our godchildren, they speak in what language? Uh, they speak in a different language, right? I don't know. They speak, they speak in, a, in school, they learn another language. But I went to the school, and I watched how their flow was. Interesting enough, like I watched little, uh, uh, little Tatum, so they, they're all eating. Everybody's not all over the place. I watched it. Everybody's not running all over the class. Uh, how old is Tatum? You might know. Five. They're not running all over the class. Matter of fact, the teachers are not doing everything for the kids. So when it was, so, so when they ate, they ate. When they finished, they had to put their stuff in the garbage. The five-year-olds. And I was watching Tatum. He leaves, right, and realizes, whoa, that's right. Uh, I got to go to the, I got to go to the garbage can first. So he goes to the garbage can, puts, empties his stuff in the garbage can. No one had to, like, you know what to do next? He goes to wash his hands. But I watched the move now. Tegan. T- Tegan, I said Tatum, Tegan, I'm sorry. Tegan's, Tegan's three. I'm saying the wrong kid. I'm saying the three-year-old. I'm focusing on three-year-old here. So Tegan goes, now y'all know most sinks for a three-year-old too high, right? He knows enough. Nobody picked him up. Gets up on the step. All the kids was doing this. It wasn't just him. Get up on the step, goes and, and gets the soap. Washes his hands, right? Now, when he washed his hands, he went to turn it off, but, you know, because of his arms, you know, he didn't turn it off completely. Gets a towel, dries his hands, gets down, and, and when he gets down, he looks at me. Because I'm looking at him like, you ain't turn that water off. But I never said one word. He looks at me, starts smiling, turns around, and goes and gets back up on a stool and turns the water off. And then comes back and sits in the seat. Now, you think he winging it? No, he's focused. When the class says, what time is it? They know what to do next. Three-year-olds. Nobody's running. Hey, hey, stop that. There's none of that happening. We go to Tatum's class. 
No, it was Tatum. We go to Tatum. You know, they celebrate each each child. And everybody celebrates the child. They write stuff about the child. They talk about the child. Everybody gets a turn. But nobody's going out. Nobody's pouting because it ain't their turn. Man, they create videos for the, it's a big video. Everything is focused on that child. And I noticed everybody got up and said something special about that. All, all the other children, and, and they didn't have to go, it's your turn, and the kid didn't go up. None of that. That takes responsibility, accountability, and focus. Three and five years old. So when does it start? It starts as soon as you need to focus. Do you know you need focus to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? The alphabet, and, and I forgot what language. These kids are learning foreign languages. Uh, what's what's uh, my nephew's son in London? He knows something. He knows Mandarin or hey, something, something. Like they, they, they're speaking a whole other language at a certain age. You know why? They're focused. And what we do is we baby out of focus. We compensate for it as opposed to challenging focus. How do those kids conform to do the same thing? Because it's expected. And ain't nobody changing the program because somebody's throwing a tantrum. And we're going to talk about that a little bit on Sunday, but, but I want to say that. So, so it costs something to be something. To be a masterpiece, it costs something, right? Uh, let's look at Psalms 51. It costs something to be something. Psalm 51. All right, Psalm 51. David and his humility in this chapter. Uh, we're focusing on 17, verse 17. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. So God breaks things uh, in us to get something out of us. I heard uh, Javon's dad says, you know, God does addition. He's not your dad? <laughs> Uncle, cousin? Just a friend, okay. So, uh, Elder Starks, was that his name? Yeah. All right, so I'll just say Elder Starks then. I just, you know. Uh, but I did ask. <laughs> so, so, Elder Starks that was here to support Javon, he's, uh, Javon, Javana, he said, uh, he said uh, God does addition by subtraction. Right? You know, addition by subtraction. So, you know, I must decrease so I can increase. We know that through John 3.30, right? And so, so, so it costs something. Let's go here to Luke 14. She made sure I corrected that. Now, I ain't my dad. <laughs> All right. Okay. My bad. My bad. I understand. I figured that one out. All right. So Luke 14 Verse 28, Luke, Luke 14, 28, it says, for which of you, I'm sorry, 
I'll let you give you some time to get there. Luke 14, verse 28. It says, for which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost. Key word here is counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it. Lest happily, after he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish it, and all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Now, this is, now how does that happen? Why would somebody start something and can't complete it? Because they didn't count the cost, right? So what did they do? What did they, what did they miss? They skipped the details, right? Their zeal had them rush into building something that they wasn't ready for. That they didn't have all that they need to finish it. Now, it wasn't nothing wrong with them wanting to build. It wasn't nothing wrong with them uh, seeing what needs to be built. The challenge was the timing, right? Not paying the price of having the patience, the accountability, and responsibility to go and build. And so, so we were uh, uh, was talking again to another, to a parent, was, again, great conversation. And I was saying how, okay, so I got this young man sitting up front here. We had uh, Zamir sitting up front uh, last week. And again, just trying to work with the young people to, to start to transition. Now, the interesting thing is the thought is this. The thought is, hey, uh, it's going to be hard for them to focus. Well, that's going to be hard for them to focus this week. It's going to be hard for them to focus next week or whatever. But when do you start getting focus? When the demand or expectation is placed on you. Now, the interesting thing is they're in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you got to be focused in school? Yeah. Right? So, so do you understand it's a lot more focus you're going to need when you go to high school? When does that start? You understand what I'm saying? So what happens is you're teaching them how to be patient, right? Right? So, so uh, Sundays. So, so we, got, we, got a, we got a floor around here. We got Sundays. We got Wednesdays. We got 915. We got Bible study, fellowship, right? We have uh, discipleship classes, right? I said discipleship is 915. What else we got? We got well, we got a lot of girl talk, guy talk. Now, girl talk and guy talk is an exchange, right? Discipleship is what? An exchange, right? Uh, tonight, people going to come up and talk. It's an exchange, right? You know, Sunday is not necessarily an exchange from the standpoint of people coming up asking questions and making comments, right? But the interesting thing is, now, now I'm, I'm going to use uh, uh, Miss V. Y'all know Miss V from Kingdom Connections? Kingdom Conversations, right? So, so I was teaching a message. I taught a message. This was a while ago. I taught the first installment of the message, right? Now, it was, it was starting a series, right? First installment of the message, Ms. V caught me in the back. She was like, hey, so, 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 I got this question, this question, that question. I said, and when I started answering the questions, I'm answering the questions, pulling from the information I'm going to teach, right? So I said, well, you got to let the finish the series or finish the movie, right? I said, so, so you're, you're, like, you guys have watched shows, right? Where you saw it this week, 
and it ended, and then you're going to see what's going to happen what? Next week. Yeah. You wait until what? Next week. Next week. Yeah. Right? She said, I hate them shows. But, 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 but streaming has messed us up. But we've been, as we grew up, right, we had to do that all the time. Tune in next week. You know, he said, a matter of fact, even Batman was, tune in next week, same back time, same back channel. Right? So we had to, if you want to know, especially, you know, most of the time they would finish what Batman and Robin was going to do that week. But every once in a while, it would flash up to be continued. Same bad time, same bad channel. You have to wait till next week. Right? What's what well, the same thing on Sunday? You get a piece to marinate on throughout the week, and then you get the other piece next week, right? You understand what I'm saying? But, but where do you learn that? When you're their age and sooner, not when you become an adult, it's too late. It's not too late, but it's harder, right? Because you got other responsibilities. So stay with me, stay with me. I'm, on, I'm, 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 on, I'm, taking, I'm taking my time, right? I'm not going to rush it. Right? I'm taking my time. So, so who builds a house no account the cost? That's what we just read, right? And so, so the scripture says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, lean not what? In all your ways, and he shall, he shall direct your path, right? But it says what? It says, lean not to your own understanding. Now, when are you leaning to your own understanding? When you're a child. Why are you mad? Because there's things you haven't considered as a child. You see how I did that, David? You see how I kind of did something. I don't know if anybody caught it. So as a child, you're upset first because you're not even going beyond how you feel or how you're impacted. You ain't going to ask no questions. We talked about this uh, Bible study fellowship. We talked about uh, uh, seeking to understand. So something hits me the wrong way. I'm asking. We do it all the time in our house. All right, so what did you mean when you said that? So talk to me what you was, and then we kind of talk through it, right? Versus I'm mad. See, I have no idea why I'm mad. But some of us do that, right? We get mad first. Some of y'all mad right now, right? But guess what? I, it's not like I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> look, 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 look. Because I know it comes across like, does pastor care? I guess I do, but guess what? It's not like I don't care. I don't know. You mad by yourself? Because I have no idea. Right? You understand what I'm saying? And I, I know some of y'all go to airs and you think I'm talking about you. But I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm talking about family, I'm talking about friends, I'm talking about everybody. If you ain't talking to me, I don't have a clue. And I'm not trying to figure it out. Because I figure if it's important, you tell me. Just like if you call me up and don't leave a message, I don't think it's important. Because if it's important, you leave a message. I called you. Sure you did. I got a thousand people calling me. I didn't think yours was important because you didn't leave a message. See, going the extra mile, it costs something, right, 
to flow, all right? So you got me there, right? So he shall direct us. He shall direct our paths. He, so, the, so lean out to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him, act like you know him, and he shall direct your path. He shall direct you into painting his masterpiece for your life. But you, gotta lean, you can't lean to your own understanding because you're going to do what Venetia started out with, a mess. She had an understanding of what she thought she needed to do. And knowing her, she probably was like, this is going to be sweet. So she looked at it. <laughs> so, so her thoughts moved her arms, selected colors to put on the canvas, but it was a mess. Leaning to her own understanding. So she had to listen to Colina to get instructions to take what she put down and to shift it, to alter it, to become a masterpiece. Same thing with us, right? You with me? See, and this is what happens. You, okay, so, so, so you guys have kids, right? Your kids ever, like, say no or be defiant, like, and you don't know where it came from? Because you ain't trained them that way. There's a whole lot of people, like, it's not like... Like, you're almost like, okay, now, where did the, where'd you get that from? Because you, in this world, you don't have to train somebody to be defiant, you know. You got to train them to be obedient, right? Because the culture is defiant. And so what happens is some people are defiant, and they don't even know why. It's a reflex. Somebody tell them what to do, they do the opposite. But they don't realize that the adversary is stealing their fulfillment. They're on a path to frustration. Now, you think I'm talking about kids, don't you? Y'all get instructions all the time. Do the opposite. Like I'll say, hey, this, you increase your memory by 66, 66% when you write stuff down. How many people still don't write, take notes? What, you, what is that person saying to themselves? I have enough memory? I don't need to increase my memory. So that means either one, I have enough memory, I remember everything. I'm never overwhelmed. I don't need to increase my memory, meaning I never forget anything. Ask the people that spend a lot of time with you if you need to increase your memory. Just ask them. I mean, challenge yourself to do that, all right? But why isn't the person not doing What's offered? Because somebody telling them what to do. And they're leaning to their own understanding, right? So stay with me, stay with me. I'm not, that's not a rebuke. We're not putting nobody down. We're, sometimes you don't know. I, that's I told you when I first met my wife, I'm going into the apartment, I'm talking to her, and every, every, every once in a while I would just go look outside. Look out the window. Then after a while, she was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm checking on my car. When I opened my mouth to say I was checking on my car, I said, oh, my God. I didn't realize it had become a habit because of being in Newark. You know, my car got stolen four times. So it was a habit to always, even though I lived in the high rise, to always go and look and see if my car was still out there because it wasn't a guarantee. But I didn't notice it was a habit until I was around someone else that was looking at me from the outside. So the things that was normal to me, now is gonna be checked. Do you understand when you get into a relationship, you think you're fine? Because you normally think you got, the other person needs to be fixed, right? 
right? Don't, hey, I should, everybody should have been saying yes, right? Right, because you think if they get themselves together, it'll be okay. The challenge is you can only see them. You can't see you. See, I'm honest about that. Ask my wife. She'll say something. I said, babe, I have no idea how I look, so you're going to have to tell me. I have no idea what I just did, so you're going to have to tell me. See, I'm not, tell, ask her. I'm not in denial. I'm not in denial that something I did might have hit you a certain way or gave you a perception. I just have no clue what it is because I can't see me. Some of y'all don't roll like that. You roll like you fine, but you, don't, you can't see you. I don't care what you saw in that mirror, you ain't see the whole you. Stay with me, stay with me. We're going we gonna to understand some things today, right? And so, so this default or this denial causes us to, teach, to, to seek temporary fixes or the path of least resistance. So some of our reflex, and we'll call it pride or denial, has us taking the easy way out. Right? You know what that means, right? You know, you know what you're supposed to do for the homework, but you kind of do, try to do it the easy way because you want to play, right? Y'all still think I'm talking to the kids? Because we do this with our finances. We do this with our jobs. We do this with our house. We do this with our relationships. You know, there's something in us. We do this with, when we say we exercising. Like some of us back sides for like 10 years, we ain't never felt nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because you got to stretch the muscle. You got to feel something. That ain't no exercise. What's being exercise? <laughs> All right, so first... Like 20 years, you're getting down, ain't doing nothing. But anyway, <laughs> you got to expand the muscle, stretch it, break it, tear it, so it can heal, snap back, and then, it, it, you know, that's how you, you build muscle. Like, you, you're ripping, you're tearing the muscle. You're not making it comfortable. <laughs> you're not bringing a couch to the muscle, hey, just... Have a seat right here. <laughs> all right? Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. All right. So 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it says, all things are lawful, but not expedient, not best. And so as we, when, when a masterpiece is created, all the colors, all the strokes are what's best for the masterpiece, right? It's a detail. Now, to do this, we can't be in denial and we can't be clouded. We have to be Isaac in reality. Because reality is sometimes we present what we believe is a masterpiece, but it's trash. It's a messy piece. So, so, so when, you're, when you did your canvas, if Kalina started talking to you about, hey, add this, and you're like, for what? I don't want to mess up this beauty right here. Are you kidding me? Listen, you can stay over there. Just, listen, just because you had some lessons or you used to do art, you ain't the only art person. This is beautiful right here. I've never seen nothing like it. You and everybody else in the room never seen nothing like it. <laughs> never seen nothing that messy before in our lives. But some of our lives are like that. We're showing up with a messy canvas. You're hearing things to adjust your stroke, to add some color, 
but you're rejecting it because you're in denial or you're not embracing reality or the truth. You know, God's still working on me. No, 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 no. God, you, you're not obedient. See, God's still working on you as I'm obedient and I'm moving towards what God says. Not I'm resting in disobedience, excusing it by saying God's still working on you. You're not doing what God tells you to do. Right? See, the Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth will what? Right? So, that means I got to embrace reality. I got to embrace the mess so I can embrace the changes for it to become a masterpiece. Right? But, but think of how many of y'all are very defensive. I'm not even going to look. I just want you to put your hands up so God can see it. Okay? Yeah, how many of y'all reflex, uh, if somebody's telling you something wrong, you, you, you reflex, uh, like, or you automatically snap back or have excuses. I'm not going to look. I'll just let you put your hands up. Okay, so now that you, you know, you did that before God, maybe God can help you, right? See, I, I'm, it's not about me. It's, see, see, some of you still didn't put your hands up. Before God. Oh, I guess you were saying the other people around here can see you ain't want them to. to I, I, I told you. <laughs> it's messy. All right. See, when we're lost in the days of denial, we can lose sight of reality. When we're lost in the days of denial, we can lose sight of reality. And sometimes we're lost in these days and we're cradling our past. Right? Versus challenging it. We're cradling in it. It's the way I've always been. It's the things I always do. do. Let's look here at Philippians. All right. All right. I'm on my time because I'm really going to help you. I'm just trying to make sure we know where we are so we can get where we're going. Okay. So not really trying to excoriate or put you down or make you feel bad. You know, you know, you know, nobody's per- oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, the Holy Spirit. Because we stop saying that. Nobody's perfect. Because you don't need to say it. What's the point? And when do we normally say it? Like I was listening to somebody uh, communicate and they were like, hey, hey, you know, this person, you know, what I need them to do is this, that, and the other. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Okay, why are we saying that? Let's address what needs to be adjusted without one exchange. So either you're messy or perfect. Is that what the goal is? Jesus is perfect. If, I'm a, if I abide in Christ, apart from him I can do nothing. I can, I can ascribe or live out a life of perfection through Christ outside of him. I can't do it anyway. So, so we can stop saying that, okay? Just please, you know, because normally we use it as an excuse to justify staying comfortable in what you should be challenging. All right? So uh, Philippians 3, we'll start here at verse 8. It says, well, we'll start at verse 7. 
I says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss uh, for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I'm who I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may what? Win Christ. It says, and be found where? In him, submerged in him, not having my own righteousness, right? Which is of the law, but that which is through faith, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, right? It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his what? Death, right? If, any, if, if by any means I, may, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, right? But I follow after that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not, not myself to have apprehended or have already arrived, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, right? Challenging our past, not cradling it, right? You know, the Bible in Hebrews 11, when it, when it, was, when it talks about the people of faith, Hebrews 11, 7, Hebrews 11, 25, and 26, it said they were moved with fear, moved with fear to, uh, to, to attain some of the things. What that means is they were digging deep. They would see, see, move with fear. There's a, there's a, a sense of urgency, but a sense of, uh, see, see, this is the thing. Like one thing about art and is, is precision is big, right? Precision, you know, uh, there's certain things that I put together. It takes hours to do because it has to be right. And I noticed when we're doing t-shirts, sometimes I could produce something and I'll send it to the guy for t-shirts. And so, you know, I'll be learning stuff. So I, I, the last time I went, so a lot of times I'll send it and they'll say, okay, we just got to do some things to make sure the pixels, the colors are true. So when we reproduce it, it doesn't bleed through, right? And so what they do, so what I, I found out what they did. So they took what I created and they, they multiplied it like 15 times. And then they took they created 15 layers and then they merged it into one. So they put a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer so it could have a solid color, right? Right? They did what? Saturated. They saturated it. So that means when they reproduce it, it would be true, right? It wouldn't bleed. It wouldn't look, it would look uh, vibrant and things of that nature. Detail, mm-hmm. Right? Detail. So, so I created the, the, the artwork for the masterpiece. And so I, you know, I changed some colors. If you notice, he's painting a swirl. So within there, there's a, there's a uh, because we're talking about God's masterpiece, there's, a, there's, there's actually a picture of Christ, but it's swirled in. Right? This is what you got. This is what you got. It's detailed. Right? Well, wow. Man, that's no big deal. That's not important. No, the precision, because it's a subliminal message, is important. It's in the details, right? And there, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, 
it's part of the software, there's, there's, there's different things, tools you can use. And one of the tools is called Swirl. And so I took it and I put it in the swirl so it actually got blended into the spin, right? See, God does that. It's detailed, these little extra specific things. And that's when God was moved with fear when he made us. Not, not, not afraid fear, but detailed. It says he fearfully and wonderfully made us. That means I, I got to make sure, like I've never seen a Melanie in my life. So I got to make sure I do things, but not just, he's so detailed. Uh, I'm going to give her a different face. I'm going to give her a different voice. I'm going to give her a different way of looking at things. I'm going to give her a different way to move with a certain level of boldness where she don't even consider. Like this, this stuff I consider, she don't even think about. She's, Jesus is going to. It's, it's a boldness. Let's, I'm, I'm not jealous. I don't have it. Where's one? I just snatched it away from her when I need it. Right? But, but it's unique because God fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes she'll look at what I do, highlight that more than the quality she has. Because she can see me. She can't see herself. But God fearfully and wonderfully. But I see her. Right? But I can't see myself. So some of the things she highlights, I, I don't see. I've never seen. We'll never see through those lenses. Right? But God, God created detail that each person that looks at you sees one of his details that somebody else doesn't see. And if they're humble enough to express it, you start to see his masterpiece. Right? All right. So stay with me. Stay with me on this. All right, don't leave, don't leave, don't, don't, don't get distracted in your mind. All right, so the move with fear. And so when you move with fear, you dig deep and you stay locked in and you don't get distracted by... See, see, in our life, we can have untested theories of speculated information. You know, untested theories of speculated information. Like, you know, the culture lives off of, like, Darwinism. That's an uns untested theory of speculated information. But, but we, we live off of that. Some of the things we're doing now, we've never researched it. You know, when people were uh, protesting, most people that protested had no clue of why. Really why? Because they don't have time to research. Actually, somebody was protesting, and, and I thought it was going to affect their job because they had a high-end job. I said, you know, the people at your job are looking at this, right? And then I said to her, I said, you, you realize, like, I said, okay, let's say politics. I said, do you really got time to research all the views? Honestly. So you really don't know. So you're moving based on what? Theories of what? Speculated information. Because you, come on, y'all. We family, right? A lot of stuff we really don't know. We're just moving based on what we feel. Or because our parents say it. We're picking sides. Like, like, even listen. I don't. I'm not highlighting any particular person, but the things people hear about politicians. We have politicians. They've been politicians all their life, and they train them to tell you what you want to hear. But they do the totally opposite of what you vote for them for. Then you, you, we've had a recent politician that didn't grow up as a politician, says all the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life, but does things that can benefit you. 
But we don't look, we're not trained to look at actions with politics. We're trained to go by what people tell us. Right? Let's keep it. Or how about this? We're trained for color. You got brothers and sisters that show color. How many of them did you wrong? I don't see you voting for them. They can run for office. I guarantee you ain't voting for them. Like, we got to change up this whole policy. These people have lost their mind. Ain't no way. I know what Jim Bob doing. They smoked out up there. We going we gonna to vote for this fool? You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I, okay. I, I know I don't do the whole politics thing, but, I, but that's why. That's why I don't. Because I'm just focused on God. You see, you see the difference? Details. We don't really have time for the details. But we, are, we, we do things as if we really have vetted it. All right, so stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. All right, so, so honestly, it could take a lifetime to test every option, theory, feeling, or hunch. In all honesty. My wife uh, had to get this medication for, uh, was it a cough? Was it for cough? The one that you came with the, with the, with the whole list. Was that for cough? Acid reflux, right? So when she came in, she said, babe, look at this. Now, okay, so y'all know what font size is, right? So the font size might have been one. Now, eight is tiny. Normal font, when you're reading books and stuff like that, it's probably like 12. Eight is it's really small. This might have been one. I, am, I, am I making that up? And it was like multiple pages, and it was probably like this long. Oh, it was one page front back. It was long. So she came and she said, babe, who is going to read this? Exactly. That's the point. And then when something happens, they go, oh, you didn't read that? They, they go, look, it's right here. But if, you, if it's so important for me to read, why you didn't make it legible? Ah, see, so stay with me. Pay attention. See, see, we can't test all these, these, these opinions, theories, and fields and hunches. But you understand that God can change your life in a moment? In a single moment? To experience God's masterpiece, we must allow the completion of every precise stroke. Allow it. Stop getting in the way. Stop leaning to your own understanding. Stop panicking. Stop going in your head. Just like you trying to think, overthink something, you couldn't possibly test every theory of why God told you to take that stroke. Just be obedient. Let, let the stroke flow. See, if we interrupt or hurry the stroke, we can have a messy piece. If we interrupt the stroke in its precision, we can have a messy piece. You can't shake the brush with all your noise. See, so if we interrupt it or try to put our hands on it, we can have a messy piece or try to hurry the stroke. And this is what we do. We try to... We see it. Oh, there it is. This is what I want it. And we rush into it. Who told you to rush into anything? Scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto us. 
So the same thing you did to finally see it is the same thing you have to do to draw it in. You can't rush just because you see something. You're, you're trying to add to God's stroke. It's precise. Go try to paint right now and just rush the paint. It's going to be a mess. Right? So, so and then we're going to talk about this in Bible school in detail, but I want to highlight this. Each stroke is our day's portion in its day. Now, you've heard me talk about that a thousand times. So, each stroke is our day's portion in its day. Each stroke is our day's portion in its day. Let's go to Exodus 16. I believe it's Exodus 16. <sighs> Exodus 16. We'll start here, verse 4. It says, uh, uh, then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, pretty much a day's portion in their day. And that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day that they shall prepare that which they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Right? And you can keep on reading the story, and it says, okay, but on the seventh day, you won't gather, right? Right? And so, so when you study out the story, you'll see some people, when God said, okay, I'm going to rain manna for heaven for that day, he didn't tell them to stay nothing up. He says, you, you get in for the day, so eat what you, eat as much as you need to eat for that day. And then he said, Okay, then I'll, I'll hook you up tomorrow. Well, some people tried to save what they got for that day for tomorrow. And when they showed up that morning, it spoiled. Because it was the day's portion for that day. That's why we pray, what well, give us this day what? Our daily bread. But we try to use that bread for tomorrow. See, because there's something in us that doesn't believe we're going to receive tomorrow. Right? Because, again, we're either trying to add or rush even the portion for that day. Right? Stay with You got me? All right. So, a day's portion in its day. Right? And so, the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 3, 5 through 7. I'll just read it real quick. It says, there's a, t- uh, there's a time to cast away stones. Now, we know it begins with... Uh, to, to everything, there's a season, there's a time for every purpose in verse 1. But verse 5 says, uh, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 5, I'm reading 5 through 7. It says, uh, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rent and time to sow. Right, so what it's saying is there's each day has its portion. Do you understand, like, we trip because we want it to be the same way all the time. You know, as we've grown, some people have left church because that happens. It's a time that some people will connect and it's time where people will fall away. But we're like, oh, what's wrong? So when your plan is growing, 
and, it's, and leaves fall off, something wrong? When the seasons change, like, matter of fact, all these trees out here bear. Is something wrong? Or they're in the season where things have fallen away. But there's going to be a season where they're going to sprout up. And I noticed this with, with, with our lawn as they treat it. They be sure. See, when I first didn't know nothing about lawns, I was like, why are y'all showing up in the, in the fall? It's cold. It's not going to happen. But they said we have to do certain things in this season. We have to add what we need to take to kill what's, what could come and attack your lawn in this particular season. So now when it's time for it to grow, everything that we killed in a season where your grass is going to die anyway is not going to prevent it from flourishing. But there's a time for that. Now, if it gets later in the spring, I, I, I've heard people come in and say, okay, the previous people that did your lawn, did they, uh, did they add emergent to your lawn? And I was like, yeah, he said, well, we can't seed. He said, well, whatever seed we put in there is going to kill it. So we got to wait for the season to pass for the emergent to take before we can add seed. So there's a time to add the seed, right? But we'll go, man, my grass ain't growing, and people be going to buy the seed from the store, and the store loves it because they're like, you can add as much seed as you want. You're just going to keep my seed, but it's going to keep on dying because it's not the season for it, all right? And sometimes uh, Isaac says it's not the right seed. I right, so, so, so uh, we're going to go over this in uh, chapter 14 in the Biden Christ uh, on Saturday. But God recognized that there was a weakness in man. And so he graciously appointed the change of day and night because he knew man's design will want everything in one day. Right? See, if time had been given to us as one unbroken day, it would have exhausted and overwhelmed us. So imagine one unbroken day. We don't do great with one unbroken week. You know, like if the week connects to the next week because you don't have a break, we don't do great with that. But imagine one unbroken day. That's it. No days, no weeks, no months, no years, right? It would overwhelm us. See, the change of day and night continually recruits and recreates God's powers in us, right? We, you know, we begin again. We get a chance to rest. At least we're supposed to rest. Some of us don't rest. And start again. But why don't we rest? Because we think we, it hadn't been finished. It hasn't been fixed. And we want that, that manna for that day to last, right? You know, some people don't go to sleep because they worry about not waking up. Well, how'd you wake up the day you woke up? It wasn't you. It was God, right? So you got to be able to relax in that. See, see, when we're children, we make ourselves masters of every book that we get. We, we try to make ourselves masters of every lesson, masters of every game, etc. Right? But if you notice, our tutors are smart enough to only expose us to the lesson for the day. None of us really thought about this. I've shared it thousands of times, but, but they only give you numbers. They don't give you calculus. See, how, see and, and they don't even present calculus at a certain age because they know how we think. We'll be trying to master the calculus, but we haven't even mastered one, two, three, four. 
You notice they give you numbers, but they don't tell you about addition to after you learned your numbers and subtraction and multiplication and division. But then after the subtraction, multiplication, and division, then they talk to you about geometry, algebra, trig, calculus. But they're talking to you about that before they talk to you about engineering. Because if they started with engineering, we'd be overwhelmed. We'd be trying to fix it all in one day. You notice they don't talk to you about words until you've learned your alphabet. They only give you the alphabet because when you're young, you'll be trying to figure it all. I just don't understand. So we'll just learn the alphabet. We'll learn vowels. We'll learn verbs. We'll learn conjunctions. We'll learn words. Then we'll learn sentences. Then we'll learn paragraphs. Then we'll read books. But if you rush to the book and skip those stages, the book is always difficult to understand. Some of us, it's difficult to understand now because we skip stages. We try to get over in school. So we didn't pay attention to the conjunctions. We didn't pay attention to the commas. I was a math guy. I got the perfect score in math in the SAT. I was recruited for math, but I paid attention to English. I'm not saying I, I mastered it, but I knew enough to, I paid attention to conjunctions, commas. You know, uh, uh, James is a, uh, uh, you know, he's been a president of schools and stuff like that. He's uh, offered, he offered to edit the book. I mean, you didn't have to do a thousand fixes on it. Because I paid attention. I remember when I, 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 I moved to a school uh, from Newark, I moved to a school, and because I was from Newark, they put me in this, well, no, I took the test. You had to take a test to go into school. So I was sick that day. I was just, I, matter of fact, I was doing like this guy does. And I'm like, man, I ain't nobody trying to take this test. I ain't know it was, because at the other school, you ain't had to take a test. So I didn't know the value of it. So when we start school, they placed us in classes. They placed me in like a, a, a uh, what do you call it? A, a remedial English class. And so every time I did something, the teacher was like, oh, you're one of the smart ones. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the way you're supposed to do it. You ask me a question, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to write the, the question and then the answer. Y'all know that, right? You don't just answer the question. You write the question and then answer. Y'all yeah, knew that, right? Yes, sir. Ah, uh, see, see, sometimes you reflex. You ain't know. Some, but some people didn't know, right? So she, she, she thought that, like, I'm, I'm a smart guy. That wasn't smart. I wasn't supposed to be in that class because I was playing around when I should have been focused on the test. I didn't know it had something to do with my placement. Y'all still think I'm talking about school, don't you? <laughs> See, the whole time you've been here, ever since you walked through the doors, and I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about from the first time you walked in airs, you were being given information to pass tests to be placed in God's kingdom. Some of us have been playing around. 
And we're, we're improperly placed. And you know what we're doing in those places? We're complaining. I don't understand why we're doing that. Because you ain't in the place you're supposed to be to make sure it's not getting done. Just let that soak in. Y'all, y'all, just let that soak in. All right, so, so, I right, stay with me here. All right, so, so, they only gave us a lesson for every day. What they was doing, they were sparing us from what would be utterly hopeless if the whole book was given to us as, at once. It, it would seem hopeless. And that's why a lot of us are in a hopeless situation because we try to d- jump into things and we try to skip steps. So, it's overwhelming. It's too much. It should be too much because if, it's nothing wrong with you having the thought and the desire to do something, but you can't skip steps. The biggest step people skips is the kingdom of God step because the scripture says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. So we rush into doing things that we can do, but we can't handle because we skip the kingdom steps. Now, we, grab, we gather our kids and we put them in athletics and sports and we put them in, we make, like, well, so, so, so I'm going to say this because we're going to talk about this in youth, right? All right, so we, we have youth on what days? I'm, I'm, I'm full service. I got to put a plug in for the youth. Second Wednesday, last Saturday. Second Wednesday, last Saturday. But that's, we're starting that as we build towards more frequency, right? So somebody might say, man, you know, that's just not aligned up with my schedule. But if it was a sport or a recital, what would you do? See, we're skipping steps. All right, so this young man right here, how old are you? Twelve. So you, you've been selected to participate as an armor bearer, right? So that means he got to be here certain times. Now, don't nobody trip. Me and, me and his mom already talked about this. Well, at 12, how he getting to church? How he getting anywhere? <laughs> little, little sister back there said, he mama. That's what she said. She said, he mama. Right? So the thought could be, man, why did he select him to do that? Man, I ain't got time to do that. But do you got time for him to play sports? You got time to him to participate in the play? So, so help me out. What's different? We treat church with less of a value than the things that's out there. But we skipping steps. And so we, we, we've put our kids in a lot of things and we're wondering why they act the way they do. Because you skip steps. And so, so it is with man. We are given broken, small, and divided fragments of purpose time to help us to bear it. Only the care and the work for each day have to be undertaken. God set up a system where we wouldn't skip steps. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Like, like, like embrace these small things, right? And like, because God has given it to us. Like, okay, so let's, so when we're in the world, it's understandable. Uh, the world is hustle. It's everybody catching up, caught up to keeping up. It's pretty overwhelming because it's like you never measure up, right? And so what we do is, we, we have skill sets or talents, 
right? And we may use these skill sets and talents because, you know, if anything like Pastor Mel, this, remember, this is the fire. I'm the focus, right? Pastor Mel, if an idea hit her, she's ready to go. You know, but we get together and we kind of pace through to see if it's feasible and timing, right? So, so I got to be fired up to do it. She got to be focused to make sure we don't skip steps. Does that make sense? Right? So we work together, right? Team, right? Right? And so, so what's so interesting is we're like this, finances. So let's say if you go through finances, there's a sense of panic, right? That kicks in, right? Because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know if you're going to get your daily bread tomorrow, which God has already promised, right? So what you do is you're tempted to, to grab the brush and hurry the stroke. And miss out on the detail. Right? So, so, so God says, bring all your tithes into my storehouse that there may be meet in my house and prove me there with that I won't what? Pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. Rebuke the devourer for your sake. And your vine won't cast forth fruit before it's time outside of its stroke. Right? We'll skip that step and rush right to the resources. And we wonder why... We, we hustling and we're struggling. And some of us know because we're not obedient, but we'll ignore that and say, like, like you ever see you teach your kids something and they're, they're, they, they mess up. So, so Zamein was taught some things. He's like, I mean, Zamir was taught some things. He's like, yeah, he messed up. But it was like, well, I didn't really mess up. So if I fix it, then I didn't mess up. Okay, okay, well, I messed up again. Well, no, okay, but if I shifted this way, then I really messed up. Because I'm not letting her get the satisfaction of being right because then I'm going to have to listen to her. As opposed to, you know, I messed up. I probably should have listened. That's a lot less work. Oh, y'all thought I was talking about him, didn't you? This is what we do. Instead of embracing, I missed the detail. See, when you were doing a painting and you realized what you didn't do, you could have kept trying to fix it. It would have been even more of a mess. As opposed to recognizing this is a mess, help me to make it a masterpiece. But I got to embrace the mess. I can't keep making excuses for it or trying to fix it. You know, I, I was watching my son. My son was just messing up his career. All for a relationship. I'm not just talking about my son. And so... He started messing up, but it wasn't bad mess up. It was enough to go, I need to change some things, right? Well, then, and I can hear in the conversation, he never said it, but I can hear, in the, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And then, so then he started messing up a little more. So then he finally messed up so bad, it was obvious, like we played this one game, you couldn't get around it. Like, you know, like, you know, like if you make a mistake, you, say, you know how they say, you don't lose the game on just that one missed shot. So he missed the shot, but then he had another opportunity because they went to overtime, shoot some foul shots, he missed those. Then he had another opportunity, point blank layup, missed that. They, he had about four or five more opportunities. So if you was at the game, even if you didn't focus on the one shot, you was like, oh, that kid right there blew the game. I didn't have to say nothing. Me and my wife had said, we got in the car. He said, you know, he, he said my bad, but he apologized for some things he was doing. Because he... But it took him to be broken down. Why does it take us to be broken down? To accept, 
Like, it's the wrong stroke. We get our hands off of it. Let God keep doing what he's doing. Don't look at nobody else's painting. Focus on yours and let God create his masterpiece. But you got to take a day's portion in a day. We are stressed because we can't embrace what we're supposed to do in a day. The culture set up to get you to rush out of your day. Everything in culture. See, see, I was thinking about this. I was talking about a church this morning of, uh, that didn't have uh, social media. Back then, we didn't have, have social media. Or like right now, you got people watching online. But for a long time, remember, we wasn't online? So to get to work, you had to what? That's why a lot of people don't go online. Because people kind of take for granted. Now, now what happens when... when you decide to watch it online. So let's say Sunday, you're, nah, I don't feel like going, I cannot watch it online. Now, you may get up and watch it, right? That's an option, right? But you may say, well, hey, it's, it's going to be recorded. I can watch it later. How many times have you done that and didn't get to it later? Didn't get to it that whole week? Haven't seen that message yet. But that was a stroke to, to help you change the messy piece from a masterpiece. So you have to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. If I don't see it now, I ain't going to see it. So I, I'm the person that can't afford to stay at home because I could be missing a stroke. But then I'm going to, and then I'll be like, I understand why this is happening because the information of preventing it from happening was already put out there. You just missed it. That's not including in your painting. But why are you missing it? What else do you have to do? You really didn't sleep that well that morning. Because the conviction was kicking in. You really didn't have a great week. And you had time to see it. But all that other stuff, because you didn't seek ye first the kingdom of God... All this other stuff got in the way and distracted you because the devil didn't want you to get that stroke to your masterpiece. Do you, you see how it plays out? See, see, what are we doing with our moments in our day? See, what's the moments in our day? It's the stewardship of God's stroke to his masterpiece. So he's given us the stroke. We are the steward to make sure that we don't get in the way and God can, can flow with that stroke the best way. See, the value of each day can be diminished when we infuse our past. Have I done enough to deserve this? Or sometimes if we infuse our future. What's attached to this? Where's this going? How's this going to play out? See, all that is getting in the way of the stroke. It ain't got nothing to do with the past. It's your stroke for the moment in that time. Has nothing to do with where you're going. It's the stroke for that moment and that time. Embrace the stroke. We're adding too much other stuff. Right? The day deserves our in the moment attention. Every day deserves our in the moment, in that moment only attention. Not, do I deserve this? 
is what happened to me is going to happen to me before. Some of y'all messed up a lot of relationships based on what happened to you before. And it's a new person. New situation, new job, new church. Or, well, I don't want to commit to this because I don't know how this is going to play out. Some of y'all don't even commit to the church because you don't know how it's going to play out. Are you obedient to what God told you to do in the moment? Let that stroke lay, lay down. Why can't we just give that moment its attention without adding all this other stuff? Right? This is why we're stressed. This is why we're frustrated. Are we maximizing each moment by giving them, by giving our best first? See, so every moment is going to get my best. Not, well, I'm going to hold back a little bit. So my wife gets my best. Nah, I'm going to hold back a little bit. I said this in our council session to the couple, to Detroit. I said, you know what? My wife can hurt me. Because I'm all in. I'm vulnerable. There's, I'm, there's nothing in reserve. Full display. She can, listen, if my wife loses her mind, I'm going to be crushed. I'm sure God will help me through it, but I ain't trying to go there. But I'm not trying to protect myself from her crushing me. The reality is this, y'all can hurt us. We're all in. Okay, y'all not trying to hurt us, but guess what? A lot of y'all are not in that same position. Because you're spending your whole time making sure nobody hurts you. You ain't giving yourself to the moment. That is not our job to protect ourselves. That's God's job. We do a terrible, see, you know why we're doing a terrible job? Because we're so busy trying to protect ourselves and save face and things like that. We're missing out on moments, the stroke for that masterpiece. That's, that we're supposed to trust God for that. But we got our hands on it. We ain't never done a good job of protecting ourselves. See, you, you see the difference? We're not given our all. The scripture says walk circumspectly. Ephesians 5.15 says to walk circumspectly. So that means be intentional in every step and every decision you make. Then it says re, uh, redeem the time. Maximize your moment. So in that moment, I'm going to give my best to it. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to think about the future. I'm not going to look and see what other people are doing. I'm just going to give my best in this moment. I don't care if everybody thinks I'm, I'm a nerd or I'm weird or I'm corny or I'm too holy or, or you don't know how to do this. So what? I'm giving my best to this moment, even if my best ain't good enough. Because I can walk away from each moment knowing I've, God, I've allowed God's stroke. And my masterpiece may not be complete, and then nobody may not be giving me props because it's so beautiful, but I gave the right stroke in each moment. How many times you've, got, you've, you've, you've watched a show where a guy just start coming up and just making kind of strokes? And when it's all over, he painted Jesus upside down. And you're sitting there going, how the hell do that? The whole time you're looking like, what is this fool doing? He ain't worried about what you think. He's making all the precise strokes to create the masterpiece. Without, what are we talking about here? 
Do you see the difference? All this defensiveness and I'm offended and, and I just can't, like, like why do we keep, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm funky, I'm offended, I ain't going to talk to nobody, but I'm just going to be offended in my own space. Then, you know, I saw that the wrong way, and then now I'm right, then now I'm funky, I'm offended. What is all that for? What is that? Well, why, where is that in the masterpiece? That's a messy piece because that ain't got nothing to do with God. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like God's trying to do something. Living in manifestation is a masterpiece. But we can got to stop adding, interrupting, and affecting the strokes. And when we do it, be humble enough to embrace it. See, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and, and stop trying to force it. See, that's what hurry is. Sometimes you come to the altar, you don't have all the pieces. So we do an altar call. When we do an altar call, listen to what the altar call is for. Because see, going forward, so there's a grace in certain seasons, but going forward, don't make it, you can't come to the altar and not listen to what the altar is for and arrest the altar for what you want to do. It's not a testimony time. And some of the testimonies aren't testimonies. They're hints. See, that's, that's I'm in fear that God is not going to give me my daily bread. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say something as a testimony so I can hint at something that I need because I don't trust God to do it. I had a conversation with my son. My son was in college, and he was believing for some finances. So one time he called, and he was electric paid. Another time he called, I said, son, please lock into this. This is, this is, this is real extra for the parents. I said, son. You've been riding on our faith. There comes a point in time when you got to actually apply your faith. You got to. We've been believing God for everything that you're afforded by faith. We can't. There's no way we can afford half of the stuff that we have. I said, son, it's now your turn. So at that point, we prayed. He needed $400 for his rent. We prayed. I get a call later that week. He said, Dad, you ain't going to believe this. The coach comes up to him and says, okay, I've given out all the scholarship money for this season. He says, and I got, I got some left, and the Lord told me to give it to you. It wasn't $400. It was $4,000. Now, what did we do? We prayed. And he believed God. Now, me making a statement to my son, knowing he, listen, she, she knows how we flow. I don't want my son to be in the street. But I also don't want him to be without his stroke for his masterpiece. That's the most important thing. So he gets to $4,000. So he gets into another financial situation. We talked about it. Saying that, I said, son, what did we do the last time? Well, the pastor happens to be at the house. So my son so the pastor has to speak to my son when he called. And so when my son started talking to him, he started, he just said, how's things going? His son's going, but he started hinting at what he was going through. And so I heard it. So I pulled him aside and said, later, I said, son, how did you get the $4,000? By faith, not by hints. The hint is saying you didn't believe the prayer. I said, that's not the way to do things. Do you understand? Because now we're trying to add to God's stroke. That's when we hustle. 
we're not trusting God to do his masterpiece. See, again, we're adding too much of the past, how things have been, too much of the future. The worst case scenario is, is the future. That ain't got nothing to do with the moment. But the moment we got to walk by faith. We're believing for something that hasn't even happened yet. Negatively. Why can't we convert that to believe for something that God has said? Right? So, so if we're going to do, allow God, let's, let's allow God to paint his masterpiece. And let's give every moment our all. Let's present ourselves as a living sacrifice. See, but when you start adding all this other stuff in, the things you drink, the things you smoke, the things you open yourself up to, it brings in fear, and the fear throws off the strokes. All right? So that's all for today. God's masterpiece. You know, care to share some thoughts of... uh, what it made you think about? How were you challenged? Uh, what's running through your mind? Uh, what could you do differently?